Welcome to the interview show. This is Scott Wood, your host. Right now, I am in a tour van of a band called Howler. I have one of the band members here with me. I'd love it if you could say who you are and what you do in the band. Hi, I'm Scott Wood. Uh, I, oh, whoops. Wait, no, I'm Jordan Gatesmith. I'm sorry. I always do this, Scott. I, I thought I was you for a little while, and I'm actually me. Um, yeah, I'm Jordan, and I sing and play in Howler. Jordan, you are quite the masochist, as I've discovered from <laughs> listening to you and sitting in your van. Oh, you don't like the van? What's wrong with this van? Since we're in your van, I would love you to pick one object that is strange and interesting and describe it in detail for people who are radio listeners. I got my favorite tape here. Uh, it's Graceland by Paul Simon. We listen to this all of the time in the van. Uh, it's a rectangle. Uh, it's kind of it's got a soft case. Uh, the liner notes uh, have all of the lyrics, uh, diamonds on the soles of your shoes, and all that goodness uh, right here. Now, on our way to the van today, you made some friends. I'd love you to talk a little bit about those friends. I'd rather not. <laughs> well, I don't. I don't really know what to say about them. They were kind of frightening. That one man had a. Um, I think they were wizards. Actually, they might have been wizards. One man had a jade staff. And he was telling me that he used it to scratch uh, his balls. Uh, am I, can I say that? Yeah. Um, that's 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 about it. He just said, "I use this jade staff to scratch my balls. Would you like to see it?" And I said, "No, thank you." And then another lady asked me if I wanted to play pinball with her. Uh, I don't know. It's just very very weird street people, wizards. I mean, I try to have like a zesty opening to my show, so I'm gonna let you choose. Would you like the ridiculous cheesy question or the little bit mean question you can do the mean question if you want all right back in 2011 you were named a cool person by nme magazine first can you tell me what nme magazine is and then the question is what's it like to be a coolest person of 2011 in 2014 Ooh, well that's new music express and uh, I feel like a dinosaur at this point. It's over. The, the, all the coolness has uh, completely evaporated. Uh, every last of it has poured out of every single one of my pores. It's all gone. So it feels um, uh, not as cool. I still think you're cool. Thanks, God. So how about we listen to some music from Howler? Yeah, let's do it. Standing off with a girl named Rose. The tattoo on the neck says so it goes. She's dying for Is 
This is Scott Wood, your host. You just heard Don't Wanna off a record called World of Joy. That's the second record by a band called Howler. I've got Jordan snickering in the background in his van. Jordan, I'd love you to tell me a bit about this track. Don't Wanna? Is that the track? Um, Yeah, I I think it was kind of a... It's a song, and we played it. Uh, We've played it probably about 50 times now uh, on the road, and we really enjoy it, and we hope you enjoy it too. There's not really much to say about it. (laughs) Inside, my inner interviewer is crying. I'm crying too. All right, Howler, what's one stupid thing you've done that you regret and one stupid thing you regret not doing? I'll give you some time because I thought there'd be two of you. I can grab someone else. You want to run all the way back and grab someone else? I could grab someone else. If, if you want to do it with someone else, great, but I'm happy with just you. Okay. Well, then let me think about some stupid things really quick. <clears throat> I don't know. I, I think I'm pretty impeccable, honestly. I, I don't think we make any mistakes. I think, I, I think we're very cold and calculated. <laughs> Final answer. And so there are no stupid things that you've wanted to do but held back on and regret it. Like, I should have done that because that would have been hilarious. The end result would have been awesome. Mm, no, I, I think, I, I, think I, I do everything that I want to do, and it just it all works out in the end 100%. You lead a very charmed life. Thank you, Scott. What's your star sign? <laughs> I'm going to move on to the next question. No, no, you, can't, you, know, you have to answer. What is your star sign, Scott? Why, I'm a Sagittarius. Are you? I really don't know much about Sagittarius, honestly. I'm an Aquarius. Um, we're kind of goofy. Uh, we don't really know a lot about Sagittarius. We know a lot about Libras and Geminis and a little bit about Pisces. But I don't, I'm afraid I just don't know too much about your kind, Scott. Everyone who's into astrology never, ever knows anything about Sagittarius's. Yeah, apparently. All right. Back on track, we're going to go. Jordan, a few years ago, you went on record and said some not-so-nice things about your hometown Minneapolis music scene. (coughs) Oh, are you all right? Yeah. So do you guys still live there, and how did you make up with your hometown scene? Oh, make up. Um, Yeah, we we all still live in Minneapolis, and uh, I think... Well, any negative things that were said about about the scene were, you know, a little naive, but... Uh, they were definitely felt at the time. Um, I think that what, I think we've kind of actually grown in respect for the city more than anything else. I'm not exactly sure about the institutions themselves, but uh, as far as bands in Minneapolis, there's a lot of interesting acts, and uh, I think that we've really kind of like you know uh, come to know a lot of really good musicians uh, and have come to love the scene uh, and just love the people that make the music. So yeah, you said those things. You come back home. You hang out in the scene. Maybe there'd be some static. How do you move past that? Uh, past all the static. Um, I don't know. Just one step at a time. You just uh, <laughs> uh, how, how do you move past all the negative sort of uh, things or what, what? What exactly is the question? When you say when you should talk about somebody and then you go to a bar and you meet that person and they're kind of like, oh hi, and you're kind of like, oh hi. How do you make things better? Oh, how, after being away for so long, how did I break ice with my city? Okay. Well, we had a long time. We were back for about a year, um, just taking a rest after so much tour. So we had plenty of time to do lots of drinking at the bar and breaking all sorts of ice with many sort of people. So we had a, a full year of that. So it was okay. All right. World of Joy. It's your second record. Second records can be difficult for hyped bands and all bands. 
So, how was it for Howler? Um, I think at first it was kind of frightening, uh, but I think we just kind of sucked it up and decided that uh, it was going to be fun, and we made it fun. There's a lot of lot of drinking involved. Uh, I, I think most of the record was, you know, it was, it was done about like four weeks, four weeks to about, no, four to six, no, excuse me, six to eight weeks. Uh, it was kind of like a, a uh, almost like a binge. Uh, we ended up like drinking every night and going to uh, the practice space every morning, uh, practicing all day long, writing songs, going straight to the studio like the very next week. So we just kept it very, very, very tight knit, very drunk and did it as quick as possible so we didn't have to really uh, think about any repercussions of what we were doing or about the future or anything just the moment of making the record try to keep it as uh, you know, in the moment as much as possible Wood, your host. You just heard Indictment off a record called World of Joy by a band called Howler. I've got their lead singer Jordan with me. I'd love it if you could say a few words about this one. About Indictment? Uh, I think Indictment might have been the, the very first track uh, we started working on uh, for World of Joy. Uh, I remember doing it um, or coming up with the idea uh, in my apartment uh, very drunk one night and it just it kind of just came to my hands, and all the words kind of came uh, 
right away had to do with maybe being kind of cramped up in my apartment in the middle of winter, very dark, very sad, uh, very drunk, very lonely. And uh, it just, just happened in about a half hour, and I had a song, and it, was, and it made me very happy for a short period of time. So when the band's out together, hanging out, drinking till the wee hours, what's their alcoholic drink of choice? Uh, there's this bar in Minneapolis called the CC Club, and we spend a lot of time there. And the, the drink of choice, it's actually called the Howler. Uh, what we drink there is uh, Red Bull and uh, tequila, or I should say a splash of Red Bull and, and tequila. And it's very hard to drink, actually. Doesn't sound very appetizing. No, it's not. Well, the, the only problem is, with it is that, you know, you get a, a shot of tequila, and that's fine. You can slam one of those back. But if you pour some, uh, you know, um, Red Bull in there, it's much it's more volume. And so it gets kind of hard to slam that down, you know, down your throat. You kind of gag a little bit in the carbonation. It kind of gets in your nose, end up out the nostrils and whatever. Yeah, it can get ugly. So why is this seemingly unappealing drink the drink of choice for Howler? Man, you, look, you took one look at her van, you called, us, you called me a masochist, and you, maybe you're correct. I'd love you. <laughs> oh. You sound like you're sick. I, I was sick for about three weeks, and uh, I got better about yesterday. So, it's tour flu. Just in time for Vancouver. Just in time. <laughs> All right, I'd love to talk about Growing Pains and the second record. Oh, yay. Fun. <laughs> Growing Pains. Yeah, you're making another record, you've done one, but you want to grow as an artist, or do you, or do you just, you know, how is it? How does it go? Um, there's, I mean, as an artist, you're never completely satisfied with anything that you do at any given moment, and so I think there's, there's, always, um, there's always room for growth, and uh, I think that, you know, we're even feeling that now. We're ready to move on to the next record and, uh, you know, keep working on more music uh, and keep writing more songs. Yeah, just, just like the, the, the feeling that you could be doing more just never goes away, and that kind of keeps you pushing on uh, to make more things. So and we're definitely feeling, we felt that before, and we're feeling it again. Jordan, you said that the concept behind your second record, World of Joy, is to expand the vocabulary of what the band does. So I'd love you to talk a little bit about adding to Howler's vocabulary. Okay, Scott. I feel like we're saying each other's names a lot, or you're saying my name a lot. The reason why I say the band's name and your name a lot is because I'm going to cut this up later and mix in songs. So for people coming in late, they'll be like, aha, he's talking to Howler today. Okay, Scott. That's great. Um, yeah, I, well, I feel like the second record is like um, a very, uh, it's an important record, or it's, it's a very interesting record for bands. It's, uh, you know, there's always the, soft, the idea of like the sophomore slump, and there's always like these like taboos around the record. But it's also, we, the way we looked at it is it's a, it's a beautiful way to do some exploration. Before you are the band that you're supposed to be on your third and fourth record, you get some time to really air out and to try the things that you've always wanted to try on your second record. And uh, I think we decided that we really wanted to make that uh, the goal so that we could, you know, so in the future we could have uh, we could have some footing for where we can expand upon. Let's talk about one thing that you tried. Uh, we really were into, we wanted to try denim rock, you know, like freedom rock. So uh, we were we were into that for a while. So 
we tried that on this song on the record called Al's Corral. And the, the, the whole idea for that song it was a very convoluted idea, but we there was this bar called Al's Corral in St. Paul. Uh, there's Thin Lizzy playing on the jukebox. I'm noticing a lot of themes with this interview. Songs and bars. Is that what you want? I'm just, I'm just remarking. Please don't let me stop your story. It sounds intriguing. Okay. Well, you seem disappointed. Okay. Well, we were in this bar called Al's Corral, and uh, they were playing Thin Lizzy on the jukebox. And there was a giant American flag on the wall with masking tape um, uh, written out on the flag. Uh, Freedom is never free. And we thought that was hilarious. There's a, a flak jacket next to it and guns. And so we decided that we needed to write a denim rock song, like Thin Lizzy. So we, we decided we would take the song Jailbreak and rewrite it. And we made it about the bar, uh, Alice Corral. So that was like a, a big experiment, you know, doing the whole freedom rock thing, you know, our uh, denim jackets and, uh, and, and Harleys. Um, yeah, whatever. So imagining that, I think uh, we that, that was our thing for a second. <laughs> that sounds awesome. I'm going to be playing that song, Alice Corral, in the background as you talk. N- neat. <laughs> oh, look, the interview is being crashed by two members of Howler. Oh, get him in here. Well, I wouldn't have it any other way. Your body's fine, but your mind's not okay. Scott Wood, your host, 
You just heard Told You Once. That's by a band called Howler. It's off their first record, America, Give Up. I've got their lead singer, Jordan, with me, and I'd love it if you could say a few words about this old track. Oh, my God. This one is like a dinosaur. This is this is it, man. This is fossil. This is fossil fuels right here. Um, I, I guess this is the, this is the song that kind of uh, made it happen for us. Um, we uh, played a show in Minneapolis, and we had uh, a writer come to the show who really liked our music and actually did us a favor and sent... Uh, our EP uh, with the song Told You Once on it to Rough Trade uh, Records. For people who don't know, Rough Trade Records is? Um, it's a it's a London-based kind of um, independent punk label. Uh, started in the 70s. I think their first release might have been Stiff Little Fingers. They've done things such as The Smiths and um, Cabaret Voltaire and Strokes and, I don't know, a lot of amazing things. So a very respected record label. Yeah, exactly. So it's uh, unbeknownst to us, the, uh, the record got sent to Rough Trade, and they loved the song Told You Once a Lot, and they really wanted to work with us, and they literally signed us within that month of uh, getting our EP. So yeah, I, that song's a special song for us. Oh look, the interview is being crashed by two members of Howler. Oh, get him in here. Yeehaw. Get in here. All right. <coughs> Come save your lead singer. <laughs> yes. Help. Hi, other band members of Howler. <laughs> Hi. What's up, What's up bro? Oh, What's, What's your this name? This is Scott. Hey, Scott. Scott, Scott. Favorite song, YMCA by the <laughs> Village Bros. <laughs> Hi, other members of Howler. How about you guys introduce <laughs> yourselves by saying your name and what you do in the band? Hi, Scott. I'm Ian. I play guitar. We are sure going fast. Hey, I'm Rory, and I play the drum kit. Hi, guys. Welcome to this interview. We were interrupted. We were talking about musical vocabulary and expanding it on this record. Do you guys want to weigh in? I'm up to it. Uh, the the vocab. Could you? Is there any way you can word this for more specific? What do you What do you mean? What do you mean? I'm saying that this is a second record, so it's a chance for you to grow and change as artists, to try things you might not have thought of trying on this record. What's one thing or anything that you want to talk about along those lines? Some of the drum tracks, we uh, broke down the kit to just a floor tom and a snare drum. That was kind of fun. That was, you know, just, that's all we needed for that. And uh, there, was, uh, there was a lot more, some noise, a lot more guitar noise, I think, or put in and uh I, th- I think we were kind of experimenting with some sounds we could get and uh we also uh we went gluten-free for this album i played a sitar i played a sitar on one song that was weird i don't know how to play sitar you know what was the biggest challenge of learning to play a sitar you know just uh just playing a sitar man it's just channeling my inner uh george harrison you know what i'm saying it takes a lot of takes a lot of energy to channel George Harrison, doesn't it? George Harrison's a Pisces. Ian, although he's a Capricorn, has a Pisces rising, so I think it actually kind of worked out. It was, uh... And also, uh, Octopus's Garden is my favorite song. Crazy. Weird. You guys are really into your star signs. Yeah, dude. <laughs> I, you know, it happens. What's your Scott? We've been through this. I'm a Sagittarius, and that's the one sign people who are into astrology know nothing about. That's 100% true. You guys are supposed to be really competitive, though. I know that. You guys are very social. You have many, many different friends and many different social groups. You're not going to you know, you're not gonna just stick to one. 
and you guys are fiery. You know, you're fiery, so you're, you like to be active. You like to do things, whether it be going out for a big walk or having an interview with a band who is us. <laughs> you're very articulate. Thank you. About Sagittarius's. <laughs> I'm a boy. <laughs> All right. Howler, music critics love to pick out all of the references or homages to classic indie bands in your music. How do you guys balance finding your own voice with showing your love for your favorite bands? Okay, so I have to answer this question. Um, I don't know. It, like, to me, um, I think rock music is like in such a strange, like, kind of postmodern state where it's, you know, a lot, a lot has been done. I, should not, I will not say, I refuse to say that it's all been done. I think that's bullshit. But um, I think that, you know, uh, influence is important. And I think it's, it's important to show your influence as well and uh, use them as building blocks, use them as tools uh, to further yourself to the next level. So, um, I don't know, we, we wear influence, our influences on our sleeves and uh, we hope to, you know, keep working from there. I think sometimes we listen to bands, you know, Jordan and I will be driving around uh, and uh, we'll be listening to bands and we'll, we'll be, we always end up uh, kind of getting into... You know, I'll be away on tour with my other band, and I'll come back to town, and uh, we'll have gotten into a, a few different artists by the time I'm back, and then we'll share. You know, we'll have a little share session, and we'll share what we've been listening to, and usually we we end up talking about how we think the band kind of got to uh, that point of influence, or or that point where they were able to let go and just kind of explore what they wanted to explore. A lot of times, you know, we'll look up how a band recorded an album or recorded a particular song that's produced in an interesting way. And uh, we'll kind of try and, you know, make that happen. Or I know Jordan often will learn a, a kind of like a, a way that, uh, you know, a, a, a certain person played a riff or something. And uh, I think I've noticed that's something he does a lot when, when he's finding influences from his favorite uh, artists as well. Um, you know, things like that. Or we just, you know, we, we try and m- minimize what we're doing. Sometimes I, t- I try to take off as many pieces of the drum kit as I can to kind of break down... Uh, you know, and, and try and get back to a lot of simpler things because we listen to a lot of simple music. We listen to a lot of minimal, you know, kind of punk and, uh, you know, noisier bands. So I think... What I would love to do is get you guys to talk about one moment where you reconnected and we're talking about a musician you researched or a musician you got into. Uh, I have one. A big one for us lately has uh, have been Talk Talk, where we've been really obsessed with that. Rory gave me uh, Spirit of Eden and um, Laughing Stock. Do you know Mark Hollis and the, like the talk talk stuff, like uh, an English kind of like considered maybe like the first post rock band, mm, yeah, the like the softest music ever ever made, like the quietest, softest, weirdest music. Uh, uh, it's good for alone time, uh, and that's I don't know. We've been obsessed with that. We've been obsessed with learning how they record like they recorded those records, how they made those sounds, and I don't know. We listen to that in the van constantly, so that's been a huge one.
your host. You just heard Louise off a record called World of Joy by a band called Howler. I've got Jordan, the lead singer of the group, trapped in his tour van with me. So I'd love it if you could say a few words about this one. I hate that one. I really don't like that song. It's my least favorite song of all the Howler songs. But why? Presumably you wrote it. I did. I created a monster. So should I ask you what happened to Louise? Did she ever find a man who loved her? Man, well, no, she didn't. No, she didn't. It's a very sad story. Maybe maybe me and Louise just weren't meant for each other. You know, we went our separate ways and, uh, and maybe there's a lot of bad blood. I don't know. It's hard not to read that into the song once I heard your reaction to it. Yeah? My reaction? My negative reaction? Yeah, well, whoops. Okay, so... Howler, you guys are obviously big music fans. What's the dorkiest thing you've done for a band that you love? Ian, tell them about the time you emailed Paul Westerberg's manager. Oh, yeah. Hi, Ian here. His van (laughs) is still rolling down the highway going real fast. Um, Well, we found out the replacements were playing their first Minneapolis show in like 80 years um, at the Midway Stadium in St. Paul, Minneapolis. These all the boys in the band really love the replacements, and I, you know, I'm like whatever. It took me a long time to get into them. I'm still kind of into them, not really. My bad. Um, but these boys, I was like, okay, it's my it's my goal to get these boys to play with their. It's like a dream, you know. So, it, of course, it would have been me to do it to contact them because I don't care. I, like I'm not starstruck really by them. They're cool. They're great. But you know, so I emailed. I found Paul Westerberg's manager on on uh, online. And I, I emailed him, and I was like, hey, dude, sorry, what's up? Uh, Paul Westerberg rules, I guess. You manage him, you know. So can we play this show? And uh, he got back to me, and that was really cool. And he said no. <laughs> but, you know, long story short, that would have been amazing. I was in Nashville recently, and uh, Mac DeMarco was playing a show, and I asked him if I could interview him, <coughs> and he let me interview him. And so now there's an, there's an interview on our website of me talking to him the about nothing. <laughs> it's very boring. And uh, leave his phone number. But we have he gave me his phone number, and uh, I think we might harvest a friendship. Let's just say he's got a thick pipe. He's a thick pipe boy. So Jordan, the lead singer of Howler, compared World of Joy, your second record, to a jukebox at some sloppy bar. In Minneapolis. So what's one song in that jukebox that people may not hear on the first or even second listen to your second record, World of Joy? What does that mean? Wait, what song? What's, what, a, what's, a, what's an influence that might not be so obvious? Because, you know, when everybody reads about your band, they read about, okay, this song's influenced by this. Like, there's yeah, some artists yeah. who, like, or critics who list all your songs and list all the references. Yeah, I hate that, but... Well, okay, we won't talk about... We won't go negative, but what's a no, good it's example? Not, it's not negative. It's not negative. It's just, you know, putting people into box, <clears throat> boxes. And, uh... Well, let's, let's, let's think. What I love about it is that your influences, in some cases, are so obvious, and that tends to be a very polarizing thing in your fan base. People either really, really love that, or they really, really hate that. I, okay, I don't know. I know. I get it. Like, that's how it's... That's how music journalism is. I know. Like it, and it works, and we do wear our influences on our sleeve, like you said. But I can't think of any uh, band or that we do. You? There's just so much stuff we listen to. It's not. It's not even like I don't. I don't know, man. There's, there's not even like a. 
I can't even give you like a clear list of like things that we listen to because there's just so many things that we are really into. I don't know. We like swans. Swans is a huge thing that we're really into. And maybe you, you definitely can't hear that in our music at all. But like we're very obsessed with like things like swans or even like or like white zombie, like white zombie bottle surfers. I mean, there's a lot of that sort of like noisy stuff that we're very into. Yeah, there's definitely like the earlier, you know, all those earlier period. Uh, I think at the time we were listening to a lot of. It was funny. We were listening to a lot of early Swans, early Butthole Surfers, and like early White Zombie, and all that stuff is like the noisiest of their catalog, and like pretty the mo- most negative and rawest and darkest. But I don't think we ever. I mean, we never we never got to a point where we were singing about like you know it's true darkness, but we loved it, you know, and and it inspired us. For people who don't know, could you describe what type of music those bands make in three words? Construction rock music. Noise, rock, rock and roll. Okay. I'm really glad that you guys joined the interview. Thanks for joining in. I appreciate that. Yeah. I have to call my girlfriend now. I'm going to go do that. But it was very nice meeting you, Scott. I didn't know there was an interview happening. I didn't know there was an interview happening. Very sorry. So you guys normally just wander out to the van for some spare time? We were, uh... That neighborhood's scary as fuck. (laughs) So we were just walking around. We uh we met we met some very interesting characters and uh we decided to uh see what Jordan was up to and and we had a pleasant surprise of meeting you and talking about rock music. God bless. And getting the gl- uh, Sorry, you're still trapping me for three more questions. That's fine. Yeah. The other two members of Howler have left. The lead singer is still stuck in his tour van with me, Scott, from the interview show. It could be worse. It could be a little bit worse, but not much worse. I could be by myself trapped in this van. This is true, I guess, I suppose. All right, they left, but it would have been funny to get everybody's take on this. But what is it like to be a handful of guys from Minneapolis, Minnesota, who make music that is so beloved in the UK? Uh, it's pretty cool. It's, it's very bizarre. You wouldn't expect it. Very unexpected. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm into it. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. Let's end it there. At the end of my show, I love the guest to pick a Howler track, in this case, and talk a bit about it as I bring that song up. Okay, great. Well, the song I'm going to talk about is this one called Drip. And it's about um, our very first tour in America. Uh, actually, it's about a couple of tours but most of the tours in America were our lovely guitarist, Ian, who you've just met, the Capricorn, uh, in the yellow jacket, uh, who's sauntering away with our boy Raz. Uh, he got sick all of the time. He, like, really sick, like, almost, like, deathly ill, I, dare I say. Um, he had, like, a goiter on his neck, and, like, it was, like, kind of, like, about to explode or something. We had to take him to the hospital, uh, and we actually abandoned him. We left him in the hospital in New Jersey, Montclair, New Jersey, all by himself, uh, they, they put him on an IV, and he sat there for about five days. His dad had to pick him up, and there was a massive medical bill. Uh, he also got shingles on tour before. Anyway, every tour that we go on, basically, Ian always ends up in the hospital. So I decided to write a song about um, medical bills and uh, the, 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 the racking up of all the medical bills and Ian's illnesses. And uh, we, we put that in a song called Drip. All right, we're going to listen to a song called Drip off the second record by Howler. That record's called World of Joy. Jordan, thanks for being on my show. Thank you, Scott.
Jordan, once again, thank you very much for spending some time with me on this nice spring day. Uh, Sorry I hit you. <laughs> thank you, Scott. It's been it's been a pleasure. It's been a real pleasure. What was uh, <laughs> uh, I'm Jordan. I'm from the band Howler, and uh, I'm doing the interview show with Scott Wood right now. Hello. Goodbye. Hi. My name is... Ian. My name is... Ian. My name is... Chicka Chicka Ian. Play guitar. Hi. And you're listening to... It's the interview show you're listening to. (laughs) With Scott and the rules, dude. Thanks for coming in our van, bro.